are you? This is a quality of life issue. Hope in the face of uncertainty. Which side of history will you be on? Hi everyone and welcome back to Brace for Impact. This is Catherine and Laith and today we're going to be talking about sustainability in the fashion industry. The fashion industry is stuck in a toxic cycle of overproduction and overconsumption, posing a monumental problem to environmental sustainability. Not to mention the millions of people that are constantly being exploited to work in factories abroad under extremely poor working conditions only to make under a living wage. So to capture the various problems we see in this industry, we invite our guest for the week, Randall G. Hi guys, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. I'm really excited to talk about this conversation that's really important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. And so about Randall, Randall is a member of Net Impact Northeastern. And we're very grateful to have him here because not only does he know so much about the problems regarding the fashion industry that we've just mentioned, but also embodies sustainable fashion practices in real life more than anyone I know. And we're grateful to have everything he's going to come on and talk to us today. So can you just give the audience a little bit of your background in relation to sustainable fashion? Yeah, sure. So I've always been interested in fashion, and when I was starting to explore my style and fashion, the first way that I did that was through thrifting. So it was a little bit coincidental. I don't think I went into it necessarily trying to be sustainable, but it was just uh, exploration of my own fashion sense, and then I kind of stumbled into it, and I've gotten to learn more about sustainability and fashion a lot more in the past couple of years. So the term sustainable fashion means a lot of things. Yeah. We hear it a lot, especially more recently, and especially in relation to the problems with fast fashion. Mm -hmm. So um, before we really like understand why sustainable fashion is so necessary, I think we should backtrack a little bit and talk about fast fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can bring an interesting perspective in that you started off just being interested in fashion and thrifting really resonated with you. So seeing how you grew with that relationship and what you can share with us now would be really interesting to hear. So what's fast fashion is like we would most likely hear about yeah. mainstream media. Sustainability in fashion has become such a buzzword recently. Mm -hmm. And so I think it gets easily misconstrued and confused. Um, so I feel like the sustainable fashion movement was mostly in a reaction to fast fashion. Um, fast fashion being, uh, well, the fashion industry as a whole. It used to be that you had fashion shows and runways the season before. So say that it's uh, September, October, you have the spring of the next year's trends mm -hmm. in the fashion shows for September and October. So there's time for like companies exactly. to actually produce that. Exactly, yeah. So you have all of these designs that are mostly like prototypes or like they create a certain num number of them, but then they don't go into production until the um, it's actually supposed to be released, which is the following season, which is usually six months later. Mm -hmm. And that's like high fashion and that kind of stuff. And then fast fashion really revolutionized that idea. Um, I believe Zara was probably one of the first fast fashion retailers in which the designs were released and produced within the same season. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten to... Um, same season, like even less so now, like you see designs being produced and manufactured within like months, which sometimes even less than that. Sometimes right? even less than months. I which think is, Zara's supply chain model is yeah. like one of the best examples I know in like supply mm -hmm. chain 
um, classes, for example. Right. They use it as an example because they're so efficient. It's extremely efficient, exactly, yeah. Um, but the consequences are exactly. so like yeah. harmful. But you're right, just two decades ago, um, clothes shopping was such an occasional event, but today um, shoppers can buy something right after it becomes the trend. Right. Only weeks after. And especially because of online, of course, online shopping really revolutionized that too. Yeah. So Zara, you mentioned, kind of took over with the fast fashion. Mm -hmm. What made other brands kind of latch on to that same model and idea? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fast fashion really started with the idea that fashion can be democratized. Like, I think that's totally undermined, too, because before, when you had these huge fashion houses, it wasn't accessible to a lot of people. It was super expensive. Mm -hmm. um, it was really only for really rich people or, like, upper-class people that really cared about that kind of stuff and had the privilege to care about that kind of stuff. So fast fashion really allowed more people to be able to wear trends and trendy clothing. And um, I think a lot of other brands saw how successful it was. And it was revolutionary mm -hmm. at that time. Um, but now it's gotten to the point yeah. where there's just so much well, now it's production. the norm. Yeah, right. now it's the norm where like a lot more people shop fast fashion than um, higher end fashion, and um, just because of the accessibility. But it's I feel like a lot of people don't really understand the history of where it was born out of, mm -hmm. um, because it's just like the standard for what a lot of people <clears throat> shop now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you use the word accessibility, and perhaps in the beginning when it was making that switch from very expensive high-end clothing to cheaper clothing, more people can afford. It might have been that, but in the 2021, is fast fashion accessible to people? And what is what are the detriments of this growing movement of fast fashion, not only to people here, but people around the world? Yeah, um, it's interesting because I feel like so much of what people think, when people think of fast fashion, I think a lot of people think, oh, like Shein or like Zoffel, mm -hmm. um, like the ones really, that are really, 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 cheap. like really, really cheap, where mm -hmm. like garments can be like less than five dollars or five to ten dollars. Right. But fast fashion is Zara, like we we're talking about. It's Urban Outfitters. It's. Um, like everything we it's know. Everything. Like, it's everything. Exactly. Bad, but yeah. just because the prices aren't so exactly. low that you immediately think, like, oh, because I'm not paying for it, some underpaid worker is paying for it. Yes, that's true, but that doesn't mean that um, shopping from somewhere like Urban Outfitters, yeah. like Zara, is better. Well, it's just like, I think in our minds, we're taught that price refl reflects quality when yeah. that's mm -hmm. not always the case. Things like Urban Outfitters, for example, which I feel like is really relevant to like college students, mm -hmm. um, it's that oh, it's it's more than like shopping on like Amazon or Shein, for example. So they probably pay their workers better, or they probably care more about these sort of things. But they really don't. They just have higher markup. You're really just paying for the brand name, the marketing, all of these other things when yeah. it's not even necessarily better quality, it probably degrades just as fa uh, just as quickly um, and they're not paying their workers any more than other fast fashion companies. Yeah, it's kind of just like weird facade that, oh, just because my pants aren't $15 off of some website, mm -hmm. I must not be having these negative effects. Yeah. Buying these clothes from 
low paid workers mm -hmm. but in reality the margins are just so terribly bad for the us. margins are crazy yeah. yeah i feel like you can really see that when you see huge sales like mm -hmm. a huge red flag would be if there's a company that can do a sale more than like 70 Mm -hmm. Or like eighty. Or that's some websites point. always have fifty percent off, right, and that's exactly. just the standard. And people will go to the website and think, "Oh, yes, it came at the perfect time." But exactly. every time I go to that website, it's fifty. If it's off. always like that, think about how much it costs them to actually create that garment. Yeah. Like they're still selling it for um, on sale, seventy percent off, and it's like maybe twenty dollars. That means they're probably producing it for like less than ten. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. even on sale, they're making a profit off of it. No company sells any product if they're not making a profit. Yeah. And part yeah. of it is because their economies of scale are so large, so right. they just produce so much at exactly. once. But they don't sell everything as well, mm -hmm. and they can afford to not sell everything, but then what happens to all of the clothing that they do not sell? They, right. It goes into landfills. Mm -hmm. yeah. And on top of that, a lot of the um, these websites that sell a lot of clothes, even ones in person, but mainly online when mm -hmm. they get returns, mm -hmm. most of that isn't like revamped or refurbished so that they can yeah. be resold to the customer. Yeah. So Kathleen Crown just brought up the point of what happens when you produce in such mass and obviously there's not gonna be um that was many buyers who are able to purchase out mm -hmm. much clothing. What are like what can you talk on about the environmental problems that you see with just getting rid of these clothes essentially? Yeah, I feel like the whole like thing with returns like really I feel like I didn't know that until like the past, like recently, like mm -hmm. past couple of years, like just the idea that um, with online shopping particularly, um, most of the returns that people do th online are just thrown away. Um, sometimes it's even worse than that in which like they will like burn it or like cut out the tags. Mm -hmm. um, so that way it doesn't end up in landfills and then people find it and try to wear it and then... You mean their... burning it's not better than throwing it in landfills? <laughs> well, saying? I mean, ideally they would ideally they would resell it yeah. or even or donate, donate it, it right? right? Yeah. You could donate that cl those clothing, like that clothing to people that need it, but it's just like evil that corporations would rather in their mind, this is their justification, that mm -hmm. they don't want their brand associated with people that would buy it if they donated it, yeah. which is so messed up, but that's, to them, that's a loss, and it's worse for their brand than to actually try to help people, and it's the same thing with burning the clothes or throwing it away, putting it in landfills, is that they actually, it's less of a cost to them to try to resell it, yeah. um, so they just end up throwing it away. And oftentimes the people who could use those clothes donations are the people working in those different shops. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just for for them to exploit these workers and then have clothes and means to be able to maybe give something back, in addition to already the low wages they pay them, they just choose to do absolutely nothing. And it's all for image, it seems like. Yeah, I feel like it usually is about um, like brand identity, the mm -hmm. fact that they don't want to be associated with a certain demographic but it's very um yeah it's just messed up yeah and going back to the environmental impact um the intergovernmental panel on climate change estimated that the fashion industry produces 10 percent of global co2 emissions every year and estimated to use around 1.5 trillion liters of water every year yeah all to have so much waste end mm -hmm. up in landfills 
In addition to that, what you were talking about, um, these people in, you were talking about the people who are working mm -hmm. in the production facilities. They are also living in the communities around these production facilities that dump waste from textiles. Right. The coloring mm -hmm. used. The dye. Yeah, the dye that, that are polluted into water. these rivers. And yeah. they're drinking this water and they're um, suffering health. Why? Yeah, they're yeah. suffering the health The pollution from the factories. Yeah. Literally every single thing these companies do wrong is just affecting their workers even mm -hmm. more. Yeah, from the CO2 emissions and the water. 1.5 trillion liters of water every year. Yeah. The people throughout the world that can just drink it <laughs> rather than use clothes right. for it. Mm -hmm. Rather than produce clothing that, that isn't is usually yeah. that is usually clothing yeah. that is seasonal that is trendy right. for one to two years that mm -hmm. is also low quality yeah. and we just throw out most of the yeah. time or even unworn and thrown out so yeah. who is to blame for fast fashion i think a lot of the times uh, the blame is placed on consumers and i think we should touch on that a little bit yeah um it's like really interesting because i feel like recently with the sustainability like the sustainable fashion movement like i don't know it's gotten very divisive almost just about like how you can be sustainable and again like how um we talked about before like how sustainability is such a buzzword now like i feel like a lot of it'd probably be good to like go over like some vocabulary almost like mm -hmm. sustainable sustainable fashion is particularly uh, like associated with its environmental aspects. So like that That's could be point. used like materials, like using organic cotton that doesn't use pesticides that um, like pollute pollutes water, yeah. yeah, or like the environment. Or maybe it's like- Using recycled materials. Right, instead. like recycled water bottles into like uh, synthetic like active wear or something or even like leather that's made of like pineapples or something like that and then like ethical manufacturing means that i mean quote unquote ethical right yeah. mm -hmm. it means that like it is produced in a manner that is ethical or conscious whatever that may be so for some people or for some companies they say that it's ethical to pay a living wage in a developing country mm -hmm. to the workers that live there, whatever that living wage in that country would be. Living wage, again, what does that mean? Um, some companies say that producing the US is ethical because we have minimum wages here that other yeah. countries don't have. But then you look at the minimum wage in the US and it's not even that high. So that's why it's hard about like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's not black and white with in terms of these terms. And so when you go and turn it onto, well, who's responsible? for like sustainable consumption practices it's like again i feel like it's most aspects of sustainability where we all can try our best in the ways that it makes sense for each of us individually because mm -hmm. all of our circumstances are mm -hmm. different for example for myself i mostly try to shop secondhand mm -hmm. and not like i do shop like new thing, or do buy new things right. occasionally. Yeah. Like, like we can't expect anybody to be perfect right. in what they consume. Exactly. Like I buy like, like shoes for example, new, which are I personally find particularly hard to find secondhand. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I would say I try my best to shop secondhand first, but I also don't restrict myself or hold myself to that standard because again, like you said, like I. 
personally think it should more be corporations and regulations that hold companies accountable for all of the waste that they produce and just how unhinged the industry is now. Like you can't put that the weight on the consumer's shoulders right, like exactly. that. Like none of us can hold that. And to an extent, I think government regulation is important. And then to a different extent, I think that our own conscious mm -hmm. actions are very important. But there's a big difference between never buying fast fashion again and then not going to fast fashion stores routinely to refresh your look. Right. Right? Like, I think a lot of us spend time, I know I'm guilty of this, just kind of, like, looking at clothing online for yeah. fun. Right, yeah. And it's, you know, it's fun to look like your favorite, I don't mm -hmm. know, like... TikTok. Influencer, <laughs> right. Stuff. It's like our society yeah. is built upon this. Yeah. It's built well, it's on, built around overconsumption. Over yeah, exactly. Just the idea that you need new, shiny things. And, like, I'm to, so bad with that, too. Just, like, all when I'm bored, I'll be online shopping not even to say that i'm buying something but yeah. i'm looking i'm like window shopping but now with mm -hmm. online shopping it makes it so right. easy and it like occupies your mind you know mm -hmm. which is like the i not even buying it necessarily but the idea of consumption yeah. right you can't even go on instagram without exactly. seeing an ad for something mm -hmm. new um but i also think it's important to bring up that like, for example, encouraging a boycott of fast fashion is a sign of privilege. We can't right. expect everybody to go shop from these um, really expensive stores that do pay fair wages for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for example, Reformation. Right. I know, for the average college student, not, even more than, like, the average mm -hmm. American, we can't expect everyone to shop right. their entire closet from stores like this. And I feel like with sustainable fashion becoming so trendy recently, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to remember that sustainability, like most aspects, are really based in practice. And it doesn't mean having certain things, buying certain things. In my mind, if you only shop fast fashion, but you only buy 20 pieces of clothing a year, mm -hmm. that's more sustainable than mm -hmm. someone that only strictly buys sustainable fashion pieces but they consume 20 things a month. Exactly. Or season exactly. Even. Yeah, yeah, like that's a good point. Ex exponentially more because at the end of the day it's the consumption that's the problem, not necessarily mm -hmm. like I mean there are layers to it obviously, but yeah. in my mind it is consumption that is the problem. Um, like for example, like my brother is not interested in fashion at all. Like mm -hmm. I think a lot of people see clothing as functional functional and stuff mm -hmm. and um, he's like one of those people. He probably buys like five to ten pieces of clothing a year. And it's only when like he buys a new jacket because his old jacket got a hole in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it's like literally unwearable. Mm -hmm. And he is far more sustainable than I am, even though I say that I am interested in sustainable fashion because right. he just consumes so much less clothing than I do. Like, obviously, we're completely different people, but like, that that's just I feel like that's something to keep in mind too like consumption is um the main issue yeah how has that looked for you because you're definitely very interested in this and have been for a long time like what is the balance you had to find like was it was was there a period where you were so hard on yourself it's like oh my god because you from this conversation obviously everyone can gather you know so much about the industry and what they do so for you was there a time where you're like, oh, I feel really guilty about this? And how, how sustainable do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, 
I feel like I should preface that like I don't know that much about sustainable fashion. No, no, but no, like I, no. yeah, like I, I feel like um, I. I honestly wouldn't even say that I would restrict myself from never buying fast fashion. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think I would restrict myself from that. I have friends that I know would probably say that. Um, and I mean, to each their own, like, mm-hmm. I feel like, again, like we're all on our individual paths on that journey. I think uh, what I'm trying to work on particularly is really buying with intention. Mm-hmm. I wanna buy something if I'm going to wear it like, for a significant period of time. Like, I just hate the idea of how some people will buy clothing to only wear it once or think that they can only wear this piece of clothing one time and then, like, never wear it. Or, like, not outfit repeating. Like, I always repeat outfits. And, like, like, I'm like, if I think it's cute the first time, like, I still think it's cute, (laughs) like, the second, third, fourth, fifth time. And I'm definitely guilty of that. But I think you're right. It's all about being a conscious consumer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not always where you buy it, but how much you buy. And, you know, how much, like you said, how much you're going to wear it. Is it going to be worth it? And is what you're buying good quality? Right, yeah. I think that's interesting, too, because, like, um a lot of this new generation, well, not even this new generation, it's very trendy to shop secondhand and thrift now. Mm -hmm. And it's really relying on the fact that um, the clothing that is mostly in thrift stores is from the 60s to 90s mostly, I would say. I mean, that's generalization, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it's usually clothing that is from previous generations yeah. and they made clothing better quality back then yeah. That's like a good they point. Pr- they just crafted the clothing to last longer now clothing is crafted or not crafted it's made to be thrown away right like they it's, want you to keep coming back and exactly buying. like it's is running our exactly on so many levels yeah it's, it's like how example. certain yeah it's exactly the same thing like capitalism promotes that you to be the capitalism promotes that an item is made so that it is inevitably going to be thrown away so that you will buy it again and like especially with clothing and trendy clothing going in and out of season so quickly even more so now with i think social media right things that are coming back into style now we're literally in style 15 years ago right and like but also like just the idea that this fashion season used to be six months Mm -hmm. you can have trends go and come or come and go in a matter of three months or something like that like micro seasons micro seasons like it's so fast and that idea of consumption just buying something because you're obsessed with it and that you look at it like two months later only to be like oh I don't want it anymore that's like not normal like that amount of production that is being demanded by consumers because of the overconsumption that honestly society has been brainwashed into is mm-hmm. like so unhealthy right. and like not realistic. And it's not a handful of brands, right? right. It's an entire system that is flawed. Yeah. Because then you look at thrift stores in 20, 30, 40 years from now, and the clothing is going to be like full of all this fast fashion clothing that's not made well mm-hmm. and or it won't even make it that long like right. it'll just go straight in the landfill and it doesn't even make it to the thrift store in 30 years because it just disintegrates at that point like it doesn't even last that long do you think like making the move if there's people listening i know i certainly buy from fast fashion places too um 
Do you think my style will have to suffer if I decide I'm going to primarily purchase things from a thrift store? Do you think, like, there's equal amount of Oh, options? no, not at all. Okay. Like, I think that's an important thing yeah, to realize. No, yeah. yeah, I think that, like, I mean, some people still do have negative associations with buying particularly from thrift stores. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, I think those at- attitudes and ideas are kind of based on like classism and elitism. Mm-hmm. Um, just the idea that you don't want to shop at the same people as a, as lower income people. Yeah. But now with this generation like getting more into thrifting, I think more people are realizing that like it's so fun to, I personally love like going on a hunt for clothing. Yeah. <laughs> like I love like searching and like digging and hunting and finding not only like a great deal, but like a really cool piece that no one else has. Like I right. love that aspect that it's so unique and it's special and yeah, again, like no one else has it. Yeah, it's a growing movement. People our age, people younger, people in whatever age are going to these thrift stores then you said there's this element of classism where I don't want to buy something mm-hmm. at the same place people of lower income might be purchasing things. What effect does this movement have on those people yeah. who need to, I, like, secondhand mm-hmm. stores are their primary? Right, yeah. I feel like that particular issue has gained a lot of traction, like, within the last past, the past year, just, like, um, shedding light on the fact that, you know, there are people that rely on thrift stores or grew up shopping thrift stores Mm -hmm. and then like got made fun of Mm -hmm. shopping at the thrift store in elementary school or something or middle school, high school, or they were ashamed to tell people because of that, people would make fun of their socioeconomic status. And now that it's trendy, they're like, this is just so crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think we should all, for all the people who see thrift store thrift shopping as an option and not a necessity mm-hmm. i think we i'm using we because that is definitely a category that i fall into we should all be like hyper aware of the privilege that means mm-hmm. and really analyze what that means for us um because thrift store prices are rising you know right like, or gentrifying exactly like just the way that capitalism works is that since there's more demand with thrift shopping for a lot of different reasons. Thrift stores that are mostly corporations like Goodwill, Mm -hmm. Savers, et cetera, they see the up in demand and say, oh, we can up prices if people will still buy it. And they do, but it's not the people who need to buy it, it's the people who want to. And then there's also the people who are reselling um, they're reselling right. Depop. Exactly. They're selling something that they bought for maybe three dollars for forty dollars. Exactly. And that's raising the market prices as well because it's this sense of like increasing value, but mm-hmm. like people need to have thrift stores prices to stay low so that they can buy clothing. Right. Um and so like something that I try to keep in mind when I'm shopping at a thrift store is like what neighborhood are you going to are you going outside of your own community to shop in that thrift store and if you are maybe you can donate something like it's because that's the whole point of a a community is you know like if you're gonna buy something then you should be reinvesting because chances are you're probably donating too right or donating to shelter or um, some place that doesn't even sell the clothing. There are a lot of places that do that as well, that they just give out clothing to people who need it. Mm-hmm. And then that way you're not even supporting like a corporation like Goodwill that's 
inevitably like making money off of you. Yeah. Um, I think you could go either route, but like again, like reinvesting in the community that you might be buying it from. Also, don't or I'm not gonna say don't, but just like be super mindful of like if you are doing a haul and spending like. Two hundred, three hundred dollars at a thrift store. Right, like, like don't buy something just because it's cheap. Right, exactly. Or like that could be applied to like people who are reselling. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that these pieces of clothing are maybe five to ten dollars, and most of the people that again like need to sh- shop there would probably never buy more. Would probably never buy that much there. And I mean, I think it's just kind of tone deaf, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit. Like, just think about that you are going into that community and then spending that much money. Like, I don't want to say, like, taking the resources, but, like, you're kind of, like, draining. Yeah, Yeah, you're draining the thrift store of essentially what the good stuff is, quote-unquote. Obviously, everyone's idea of good is subjective. Yeah. And it's, like, you should... And it's also, like, being intentional. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can be intentional and spend, like, 300 dollars at a thrift store you know because it's like just look at a piece and be like oh i would love this i would wear this so many times like don't just again buy it because it's so cheap or something and then because i think we've all been there i know i have when i was first getting into thrifting i would buy something and i never wore it or it sat in my closet and i donated Mm -hmm. it again like it happens yeah i think that's some really good advice to leave people with um i think we should maybe go over some other last minute pieces of advice yeah, of course, that we can yeah. leave people with because this is a lot to think about it and is absolutely. yeah we're all guilty mm-hmm. no one should leave this feeling like they i don't know are doing something terrible i think it's all about reducing the gap between your values and your actions and there are right. a lot of ways you can do that yeah for sure like again like it is a conversation that's really complex and like most complex issues there's not a single solution. Mm-hmm. I think um, going back to overconsumption. Yeah, like, exactly. You really don't yeah. need that many clothes. And yeah, it's the same issue regardless. Mm-hmm. Like if you're purchasing three hundred dollars worth of clothing at a fast fashion store, like you said, the thrift store. If the point is overconsumption, that's one of the yeah. least sustainable things. If you're to buying three hundred pieces from a quote unquote sustainable fashion brand, that's overconsumption. Yeah. Like right. sorry, but that is. And you'll wear yeah. like the same few basic high quality clothing. Right more often and for longer Mm -hmm. i think that's a good point like for someone like me where i do enjoy clothing and fashion like i just try to really maintain balance in Mm -hmm. terms of you know clothing that's going to last and stick with me for a long time in my wardrobe jeans tank tops t-shirts basics you know like invest in those so that they actually do last you a long time and it probably could save you some money yeah and then like you can buy like cool statement pieces you could thrift those because again Mm -hmm. trends repeat themselves over the years right and if you need to buy from a store if obviously every once in a while shop from fast exactly yeah whatever's easy or accessible for you like consistency over perfection exactly but also research some like local um brands and emerging companies Mm -hmm. that are being more thoughtful about their sustainable business practices for example and and there are more and more like being created mm-hmm. each and it's every day. It's all about day. being a conscious consumer. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the case on like in any industry. Mm-hmm. But for yeah. sure. Yeah. So what is what would you leave someone with advice with in terms of they want to find the balance and they want to go out there be able to consciously and confidently 
buy clothing without feeling that mounting guilt of I'm contributing to something so terrible. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like we said, it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we should all look within ourselves because obviously we know our own situations the best. No one knows your situation better than you do. Like, look at what your accessibility's like, what your budget's like, what your lifestyle's like, and try to form a plan that makes the most sense for you. Yeah. And that could be creating boundaries for yourself, or that could not be. That could just be more mindful and aware, mm -hmm. um, or spreading awareness, you know? like. But I do encourage people to set the boundaries where it makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. um, like, at the end of the day, there is no ethical form of consumption under capitalism. I think Sorry. we should all keep that in mind. And I think a really good quote from this one YouTuber that I enjoy, um, who's a sustainable fashion person, um, I believe her handle is Inspiro. Um, she says, the most sustainable clothing is the clothing that you already have, yeah. which is a really good point. I think that's a really good note to leave us mm -hmm. on. Thank yeah, you awesome. so much, Thank Randall, for coming on. <laughs> And join us next week yeah, join on us Grace back. for Impact. And of course, like every week, shout out to Greg Gold for the video editing and Brandon Fogarty for all the marketing.